your guest here today. Uh, we appreciate you being here. I noticed several of you have been here uh, a number of times, and thank you for that. Uh, one of the biggest compliments that you can give a restaurant is, I'll be back. That's one of the greatest compliments. They love to hear you say, I'll be back. And one of the greatest <coughs> compliments that you can give our church is, I'll be back. Because something you heard or you felt made you want to come back. I hope you got some good old taters and gravy and cornbread and beans and steak uh, spiritually that'll make you want to come back to our restaurant again because I'm going to tell you, you can walk in here hungry and walk out of here full. Amen. You can walk into this place miserable. Miserable. Lost. Without hope. And walk out of here happy, full of joy and contentment and have direction in your life and have hope. And I'm not telling you that to hype you up. I'm not telling you that because uh, I want you to, you know, get excited about something. I'm telling you that because it is absolutely the truth. How many of you, when you first came to God, you were bound by alcohol? You mind raising your hand? Look at the hands here today. I was bound by alcohol. How many of you were bound by drugs? Look at the hands up. How many of you had a problem with lying? How many of you... Uh, <clears throat> well, I better stop. Cops may show up if I go too far. Amen. Mark, I haven't met you yet. Good to have you here today. God bless you. I think you came when I was gone a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night. And it's so good to have you back again. Uh, verse number 12. That you would walk worthy of God who hath called you into His kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectual worketh also in you that believeth. Amen. I want to bring out this point. He said that you would walk worthy of God in verse number 12, who had called you into his kingdom and glory. Every one of us tonight or today, somebody is watching watching us live our lives. Somebody's paying attention to us. Somebody is observing us. You'd be surprised how many people in this world are watching you live your life. And some of you are impacting other people and not even realizing it. You are influencing people, and you don't even know it. But every one of us today 
are walking sermons, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. We are walking sermons. Turn to somebody and say, you're a sermon. Make sure you preach it good. Well, come on now. You can do better than that. Say it louder. Now. Turn to somebody again and say, you can do better than you're doing. Walk it good. Walk it right. Amen. If I, if I preach with the enthusiasm that some of you said that with, you'd get up and walk out of here. You'd be so bored. Amen. When you're talking about a, a salvation, it's something to be excited about. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about living for God. Somebody said, well, you ought to be. You get paid to come here. Honey, I, I was excited about God before I ever made a nickel in the ministry. I used to be excited about God and didn't even know, uh, I didn't even know uh, the books of the Bible and I didn't know anything about the Bible, I, very little. I, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about investing or money or, or anything. And I was still excited. I was still excited when they uh, said unto me, Son, you're going to the house of God whether you like it or not. Mom and Dad made me go to church when I was young. Daddy's rule was as long as you live in my house, you're going to go to church. And he meant it. And I want to say thank you, Dad. My daddy's gone on to meet his reward. And I feel like he went to heaven. I want to say, Daddy, if you can hear me today, thank you for making me go to church. Thank you for putting that in my heart. Mom, thank you for putting the Word of God in my heart and living your life before me in such a way that I had consistency. I had somebody to follow and show me how to go to heaven. Amen. It's a great thing to have parents living for God that will live in such a way that you'll want to go to heaven. Amen. My mom and dad were not hypocrites. I'm sure they had faults. I'm sure they did some things that a lot of people didn't like. But I'm going to tell you something. Mom and dad were the real deal. They loved God more than anything. I know you're standing. I forget about it because I got to stand. You don't feel sorry for me. Uh, turn to somebody again and say, man, I like you. <clears throat> or are you, no, I said man, woman too. If you're standing next to a woman, tell them that too. Woman, I like you. All right, you can be seated. According to medical authorities, walking is one of the most profitable forms of physical exercise that you can do. It stimulates the heart and the lungs. It strengthens uh, your old miserable bones and muscles and increases the blood flow through your body and reportedly contributes to the loss of excess weight. Some of you walk for that very reason <laughs> because you want to lose weight. You want to be healthy. Do you know that the average pair of feet takes seven to 8,000 steps a day. 
about two and a half million steps a year. That means that in your lifetime, you could possibly walk about 115,000 miles. And I say, no wonder some of you look so tired. We uh, are blessed to be able to have the health to walk. If you can walk today, enjoy your walking. And enjoy your life and make sure that you put the best you can into it. Reporters and city officials were gathered at a Chicago railroad station one afternoon in 1953. The person that they were meeting was the 1952 Nobel Prize winner. A few minutes, minutes after the train came to a stop, a man about six foot four inches tall with bushy hair and a large mustache stepped off the train. Cameras were flashing. City officials approached him with their hands outstretched. Various people began telling him how honored they were to meet him. The man politely thanked them, and then, looking over their heads, he asked them, Can you excuse me just a moment? He quickly walked through the crowd until he reached the side of an elderly black woman who was struggling with two large suitcases. He picked up the suitcases with a smile and he escorted the woman to the bus. And after he helped her aboard, he wished her safety on his journey. And as he returned to the greeting party, he apologized. Sorry to have kept you waiting, he said. The man was Dr. Albert Switch. Uh, Switzer, the famous missionary doctor who had spent his life helping the poor in Africa. In response to his actions, one of the members of the reception com committee said with great admiration to the reporter standing next to him, he said, that is the first time I have ever seen a sermon walking. Today I want to speak to you about walking the walk uh, and talking the talk. Amen. It is a big responsibility upon our shoulders that we live what we say we are before people. It's important that we tell the truth and we live our lives in a way that's going to influence people around us in a positive way. I'm telling you, my mom and dad live for God in such a way that I can hold my head up high today and tell you that mom and dad were real in serving God. I never saw them 
being hypocritical in any way. I never saw my mom and dad do anything dishonest or illegal. I never heard them say a curse word. I never saw my parents drink or use drugs. I never saw them beat anybody out of money. I only saw them go and live their lives of purity and honesty and faithfulness and friendliness. I saw my mom and dad live for God in such a way that I can hold my head up and say today I believe with all of my heart they went to heaven. I want all of us to live our lives in such a way that when we come to our end of our lives the preacher can smile and say I believe this family went to heaven. I believe they lived it right. I believe they talked it right. I believe they walked it right. I believe they've got an experience with God that's going to get them into eternity forever and ever. Ephesians 4 and 1 says, I beseech you to walk worthy of the calling uh, with which you are called. I really believe that there are a lot of people who claim to have a relationship with the Lord, but they really don't. They talk the talk, but they're not walking the walk. Talk is cheap. It doesn't mean near as much to people for what we say as it does to what we do. You can tell people you're a Christian and you love God and you want to be uh, you want them to be saved but it's another thing for you to live your life in such a way that they know that you're a Christian and they know that you love them and they know that you want them to be saved help me to walk it right God help me to be a walking sermon help us to live it in such a way that we can influence people in a proper way <clears throat> so many people want to talk about it. I remember in a church that I pastored, I used to get sick at my stomach. One of the women that I pastored was not faithful. She never learned to submit and be faithful to church attendance, uh, uh, prayer. Uh, she just couldn't make it to prayer time. Uh, she wasn't faithful with her tithing. And I didn't know much of anything that she was faithful in. But she would get up and testify about her granddaughter telling how what a wonderful saint of God she was and what a powerful woman and if anybody was going to go to heaven she was telling this in a testimony my granddaughter said mama you're going to go to heaven well I was thinking mama you'd be better off to close your mouth and not talk about it but start walking it start living it start doing it start practicing it start giving it well uh, what it deserves to be given. You don't have to tell somebody you got something. You got to show them that you have it. It's a difference when we walk it. Another woman that I pastored, she would come and uh, testify. And I, 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 I'm telling you this. I'm not telling you this to be cocky or smart aleck. But I stopped testimony service in that in that church because the testimony services were not praising God we had too much of that 
praising ourselves and bragging about what we do and all that. And I would just get sick at my stomach hearing that nonsense. If you're going to stand up and say something in church, give God some glory. Give God some honor. Give God some praise. We don't need to lift ourselves up and brag on ourselves. This dear saint was testifying one time. She said, well, I, I witnessed to my husband tonight. She said, I went in there and looked at him and pointed my finger and said, you're going to bust hell wide open because you're going to sit right there and watch TV and not go to church and not live for God. You're going to burn in hell. She said, I really witnessed to him. I thought to myself, yeah, you have. You've witnessed so much that he's staying away. He's not coming and he won't never come because you don't win people by pointing your finger at them and pointing their faults out. You don't win people in the kingdom of God by telling them you can't do this or you shouldn't do that or say that or live this way. If you're going to win somebody, you're going to have to be a walking sermon that they're going to see that you got something that we don't have. You got something that's real. You got something that's powerful. You got something that's life changing, and I want it. I'll never forget that, that statement that you made uh, years ago. We, uh, in trying to win them back, Brad was a backslider and didn't want to live for God. Gail never had been in the church, never knew anything about the Holy Ghost. Didn't know anything. She was fastly becoming an alcoholic. And their life was going down a course that they would have been destroyed. And we invited them out to dinner and went and ate dinner. And I even paid for it. That makes you feel better. The other day they paid for my meal. And I said, hey, you can't do that. He said, oh, yeah, I can. Or she did. One of them said that. I said, no, we just, they just us. We want to do it. I just remembered you're trying to catch up. You got a lot of catching up to do. And we went out and came back and played Rook. And we had a great time. Never mentioned the church to them. Did I? Never preached a message to them. Never said anything judgmental or condemning to them. I don't even think we got on the subject of God. Somebody said, well, I thought you was a preacher. I am, but I'm not stupid. You don't have to be stupid to be a preacher. You can be normal. Hey, I'm normal. I really am. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> Just ask me. I'll tell you quick. <laughs> well, we didn't say anything. And two weeks later, we called them again. Said, let's go eat. And took them out to eat. Come back and played Rook again. I think it was the third game. Brad and I were winning. That might have been the reason. But uh, she finally, on that third game, just threw her cards on the table. And we never said a word to her. Never one thing about God or the church. And she said, 
Y'all are different. You got something that I don't have, and I want to know what it is. And I said, Gail, would you like a Bible study? If you would, I'll teach you what the difference is. She said, yes, sir, I would like that. I said, how about tomorrow night? And that next night they came and we taught her a Bible study and she came to church the next day and I preached, gave an altar call and five minutes after she got on her knees, she was speaking in tongues and I think it must have been the real deal. It's been 20 something years and they're still coming to church. Folks, we just got to live it before people. Just be normal. Just be honest. Just be sincere. Amen. For God's sake, please, if you're going to be a Pentecostal, don't do shady things. Don't lie. Don't tell things that are, are, are not true. Just be honest. Be sincere. Be loving. Reach out to them with love. Be a sermon walking before them and let them see how genuine you are. Let them see how real you are and they'll want what you have. Charles Spurgeon once said, a man's life is always more forcible than his speech. When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds as dollars and his words as pennies. If his life and doctrine disagree, the mass of onlookers accept his practice and reject his preaching. Will Rogers once said, live in such a way that you would not be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. We need to be careful that our words and our actions are consistent with one another. We need to learn to talk as Christ called us to talk and to walk as Christ called us to walk. And to do that, sometimes we have to get back to the basics of life. Our walk with God should be intense and not casual. It should be fruitful and not barren. It should be genuine and not false. It should be faithful and not doubtful we should be walking with God and that simply means living in his presence living like we love him living like we really care our lives should be regulated by his will inspired by his spirit and devoted to his purposes if you're going to walk with God you need to walk in victory for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith in 1 John 5 and 4. It tells us what the victory is. we got to have faith in our lives. If we don't have faith, we're sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. It's a shallow thing to talk about it and not have it. Oh, folks, I want somebody to hear me today. 
day. It's a shallow thing for me to say I'm something that I'm not. I want to be the real deal. Come on, shout it out with me. I want to be the real deal. I want to be the real deal. There's nothing as exciting as winning. The taste of victory in our lives is sweet. Victory is essential to our health and our happiness. Defeat is destructive to our lives. And remaining in defeat can destroy our faith. It's not God's will for your life to walk in defeat. But it is His will for you and me to rise up in the middle of Satan's attacks upon our lives and live in victory. The real sign of a, of a true blue apostolic Pentecostal Christian is somebody that's going through something and they still have the joy of the Lord in their lives. It's impossible to live in victory without a victorious concept. Gloom breeds failure. The old saying goes, you are what you eat. If you are defeated in your thoughts and in your life, in your negative thoughts of failure or, or overcoming, it's because your thoughts are negative. It's wrong what you're thinking. If you put your mind into victory and hope, you will always be a winner. We need to walk in hope. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to fall into the hands of a doctor without hope. I don't want to fall in the hands of a lawyer or a judge without hope or a minister without hope. I don't want to fall in the hands of anybody without hope. But I want you to know when you fall in the hands of Jesus, he's going to give you hope. And that hope is going to help you be an overcomer because you know what you have. We serve the God of hope, not the God of defeat, not the God of fear and worry, not the God of delusion. We have hope and assurance if we walk with God, if we walk right and talk right, I'm telling you, God's going to give you a good life. Psalm 71, 14, but I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. David never allowed himself to focus on his problems. He will never be remembered as a blues singer. He had bumps in his life. He had battles in his life. He had failures in his life. He had difficulties in his life. He wept. He mourned. But David learned to encourage himself in the Lord and to live in praise. He knew how to praise and worship God in the midst of his troubles, in the midst of calamity, in the midst of sin. He knew how how to say I'm sorry he knew how to give forgiveness and ask for it he knew how to rise above
love it and to walk in the integrity that God had given him. Learning to live in praise is essential to victorious living. Praise builds our courage. Praise builds our faith. Praise puts our faith into action. The building of our faith pleases God. It excites God when we trust him. To walk in victory, you must never accept defeat. I believe there are too many Christians under the attack. Uh, when they come under attack, they give up. They want to just sit down and not move. They think if I don't do anything, maybe the devil won't notice me and he will leave me alone. Wrong! You just don't believe that. He's not going to leave you alone. The devil's the kind of guy that if he'll get you down, he'll kick you and he'll stomp you. He'll run over you while you're down. It's only the Lord that'll reach down with a hand of love and mercy and he'll pull you up out of that doom and gloom and despair and give you hope and joy in the Holy Ghost. Things may not be going good in your life and Jesus can step on the scene and transform it and change it and make a difference in your life. In the middle of a high school football game, the home team was losing. They could not do anything right. One of the fans yells out from the sideline, Put Johnson in the game. And the sideline yelled back, Johnson's already in the game. The fans yelled back, Well, take Johnson out. In other words, just do something. Just do something. It may not be right, but you got to do something. I'm telling you, folks, it's time we get involved doing something. Don't sit down and give up. You're on the winning team. You have victory. God has ordained that you would have victory. He's ordained that you would be saved. He's not willing that any would perish, but all would come to repentance. God wants you to be saved. Amen. While you're standing, let's go ahead and rest of you stand. Jesus said in John 10, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You think about that. They follow me. He's not following me. I'm dragging him. I'm pulling him. There's a difference following and being drug around. If you don't like me using me, don't sit on the front. I use him all the time. He's just in the wrong place. They follow me. There's no mention of a lease on their necks in these verses. No leash. God's not pulling us around. He may walk with us. He may lead us. But it's up to us to follow. God does not lead by force. We must be willing 
to be led by God. You're a sermon. You're walking through this world. You're on a journey. And people are watching your life. And folks, we need to be the best sermon that they ever heard preached by the way we live our lives. And the only way you're going to do it is make up your mind. I'm in this because I love Jesus. I'm in it because I want to be saved. Many people have a desire to follow God, but they lose their desires when they realize that following God has to be done God's way. And God requires some changes in our lives. A lot of people get all out of sorts. They get all messed up when they realize that God requires some things. But those people that get all out of sorts when God tells us what He expects will work for a job. They'll work for a job that pays them a salary and they have restrictions on you. A lot of times they tell you what you can wear and can't wear to work. They tell you how uh, you're to conduct business while you're there and we don't have no problem with that. But God's got some things that He requires of us to do. And honey, if you can do it for a living, you ought to be able to do it for life more abundantly. I got to stop. I could preach. I just, sometimes I just want to preach. I, my wife got on to me the other day because I went about 50 minutes. She said, are you starting to get long again? I bring my phone up here and I, I'll constantly look at it. I, I know how long I've been preaching tonight, today. I, I pay attention to that, I know. But sometimes I, I get the feeling that I, I just got an itch and I got to scratch it. But today I'm going to let that itch go for a while. And I'm going to tell you something. What I've come to tell you today, whether you like it or not, you're a walking sermon. Everybody say, I am. A walking sermon. People are watching me. Do you know, Sister Miriam, that those folks that you work around and with are watching you? Brother, do you realize, Brother Diaz, that those electricians, all of those guys you work with, they're wondering why this guy don't cuss, why he doesn't lie, why he doesn't go with us and get drunk? Why he's not doing the drugs that we do? And, and, and Brother Diaz, just keep living it. Keep loving them. And one of these days, somebody's going to come up to you and say, I'm having a problem. I need some help. And you're going to be able to minister to them. You're going to be able to pray for them. And God's going to open up a door in their life that nobody else would have a key to but you because you walked. Before, they're not going to go to a hypocrite. They're not going to go to someone that's not uh, really love the Lord. Somebody that just comes to church and does what they do because they feel obligated. When somebody's in need, they're going to go to somebody that's real. 
They're going to go to somebody that can really help them. And we've got to be willing. We've got to be sensitive. How many people are going to go to heaven because we were sensitive? And how many people are not going to go to heaven because we were not sensitive? Help me to be sensitive, God. Won't you lift your hands and let's worship Him for a minute. Would you please ask Him as you're praying right now. Everybody in this house, would you ask God, help me to be a better example. Help me to walk it, Lord. Help me to pay the price. Help me to be genuine. Help me to live my life in such a way I can be an influencer in the right direction, God. Help me, Lord, to, to pay the price and to feel I want to do your will, God. I want to do your will in my life. I want to pay that price. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I'm praying right now. Holy, holy God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord. You know, one of the greatest compliments that you can give Pastor Gandy is just to be genuine. I like it. I, I have people all the time come up to me. You're so nice to me. You say, Brother Gandy, that was great preaching. That was wonderful Bible study. You did a great job. And I like that. That's nice. But one of the greatest compliments you can give me is to be true blue. Just be the real deal. Just get ready to go to heaven. And if I get to preach your funeral, I can do it with a smile on my face because I feel like you're ready to go. That'll be the greatest, greatest compliment you can give me. I hope I've helped somebody this morning. I hope I've talked to your heart. I, I, I just hope that this week, when you're on the job, what you heard this morning say, uh-oh, they're watching you. They're watching you today. You better be careful what you say. You better be careful what you do. You better be careful about your attitude. Just before you throw that screwdriver, you ought to say, oh, thank you, Jesus, you know. And, they walk in, they see you about ready to throw it, and you say, oh, I'm just taking a little praise break. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! Come on now. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for giving your worship to the Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for being a great church. Thank you for being good people. I'm enjoying being your pastor. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, let's keep pastor happy. Tell somebody there, let's keep pastor happy. Let's make him happy. Amen. I lost my phone.